Hello, and welcome to Here's Joint Reviews, the movie review podcast that will try to guide you through a movie. Each and every month there's a theme, and tonight I bring a close to the summer of Spidey with a look at Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, as with all of Holland's Spider-Man movies, I did not see us in the summers for two reasons. One... It was in the middle of the pandemic, and two, I do not like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So, I cut this on VOD three short months ago, and I was expecting huge things from this, as I had read many reviews and listened to some podcasts of this, and they gushed over this thing being the best Spider-Man movie ever, so mm, this had a lot of expectations. However, I wasn't that blown away by this. Now, how do I know this? Because every single time I watch something on any movie, um, I post it on at least Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. But this one had nothing. Nothing on Instagram, nothing on Twitter, nothing on Facebook. So this wasn't worth my time writing a short blurb for, so that doesn't actually hold much um, hope then, does it? Hmm. I mean, I even watched this a few short weeks later um, with my mum and she was like me, she does not like Holland at all. She thinks he is far too young looking for this role. You know, it's been, he's supposed to be 16, but hey ho. Uh, she was not impressed and I had to explain who Doctor Strange was because even though she'd seen Doctor Strange, she had no idea who the hell this guy was. And I explained to her the multiverse, so that was joyful. The movie was just too much for her to take in, too busy for her, so there we have that one. For me, I just don't know. They should have brought this out this year, after it was 20 years Spider-Man 1, aka Raimi Spider-Man. And it's been 10 years since Amazing Spider-Man 1. So why didn't they bring this out this year, not last year? I mean, but new as per usual, Hollywood fucks up, much like it did with James Bond. There is no James Bond movies out this year, even though James Bond turned 60 this year. Mm. They shout that lame-ass, no time for a guy, uh, last year, I think it was, or previous year. I mean, what the fuck, that movie is terrible, who gives a shit for it? Moving on, let's just spin a web for the final time. And see how good this thing actually is for the third viewing. I'm paying much more attention at this time. With a budget of $200 million, the thing pulled in $1.9 billion. Starring Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Zadea, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Jimmy Fox, J.K. Simmons, Reese F. Fans, Thomas Hayden Church and Charlie Cox with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Hey, hey, it's a long ass cast. <clears throat> Rooted by John Watts. The plot, the truth is out. Mere minutes after the studio leaked Peter Parker as Spider-Man, all hell breaks loose. Peter's life is ruined, so is MJ and Ned's. So he goes to see Doctor Strange for help to make the world forget. However, while casting the spell, Peter asks if five people in his life know he is Spider-Man. This messes up the spell. Now everyone who knew Peter Parker as Spider-Man comes out of the multiverse. First it's Doc Ock, 
then Green Goblin, then Electro, Doc Croc, and finally Sandman, all out for Peter's blood. However, Ned, who is now a wizard for some reason, casts a spell to find Spider-Man. This pulls in Raimi's Spider-Man and webs Spider-Man to help MCU Spidey deal with all these supervillains. Then Doctor Strange can send them all back before it's too late. MCU Spidey wants to cure them before sending them back to their own universes where they were killed by Spider-Man. Hmm. It fails as Goblin kills Aunt May. So for blood, MCU Spidey goes in for the kill until Rumi Spidey stops him only to be stabbed in the back by Goblin. Doctor Strange then sends them all back to their universes setting things up for Doctor Strange 2. So yeah, that's basically uh, the movie in a nutshell. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be a long one folks, so bear with. Now, before I study the logos, we hear Mysterio has leaked Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Movie that opens up minutes later with J.K. Uh, the J.K. Simpson, sorry. J. John Jameson, or Triple J, played by J.K. Simmons, uh, plastered on the Times Square video walls, boasting that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, played once again by Tom Holland, calling him a killer and public enemy number one. Spidey Nosey's MJ, played again by Zadea, is swarmed by people, she jumps down to rescue her and swings her off. Now, I love how fast the public turn on Spidey, calling him a cold-blooded killer. Also, one fat feminist tries to tell the crowds that uh, Swordman hit her, even though she grabbed MJ first and spun her around. So, yeah, this is how fast this whole woke culture whacks you over the head with stuff, you know? Hmm. So, slinging, slinging through the streets, Spidey takes the screaming MJ higher and higher onto a bridge where Ned, once again played by Jacob Batalon, FaceTimes him to say DUDE about 52,000 times. The newscopters are all over them. So Spidey takes him underground on uh, the, uni uh, the universe, the um, underground. And here we see Flash, once again played by Tony Ravioli, stunned to find out his man crush is indeed Peter Parker. Now home, Peter does everything in his power to keep the truth from Aunt May. Once again, played by Marissa Tomei and Happy Hogan. Once again, played by John Favreau. Right in the middle of her breaking up with Happy. Three minutes in and Tom Holland is down to his boxer shorts again. Now, I swear to God, that's every movie he's down to his knickers. Right, now see, I might know something here. What would happen if Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Scarlet Witch, or in DC Land, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, or Batwoman was shown in her underwear in every one of her fucking movies, the world would absolutely crack. So why is it perfectly fine to see this, what is he now, 25-year-old man in his knickers? I mean, really, love? This is what I call unfair, but moving on swiftly. Don't get me wrong here, Holland is buff as fucking this, and good on him for, for being proud of his hard work. However, Peter is 16, supposed to be still a boy, why the hell have they sexualized him? I mean, hmm, Pete then spends the next 5 minutes running around nothing but a pair of boxer shorts and a t-shirt, 
trying to keep the, the newest copters and press out of their house uh, as it's too late, it's splashed over the TV. By the way, the humour in this, having Peter and MJ close all the blinds and doors and curtains while Peter is trying desperately to keep the news from happy in May is beyond pathetic. Never mind that one. Soon, they find out, as it's, as I said, splashed over the TV. Up flashes Triple G to call uh, Peter the Spider Menace, loving the fact he was right all along. It pulls back to show him in his grotty little flat, surrounded by news articles on Spider-Man. Plus, he has a green... Shit, a green uh, bedsheet up. And this all screams Alex Jones to me. Cut to a montage of Spider being splashed with green paint. Then the real news reports on Spider-Man's destroying London's Bridge, or London Bridge, it was. Tower Bridge, rather, no London Bridge. Anyway. Later at night, the DODC, Department of Damage Control, uh, breaks down May's door and carts off Pete and her for child abuse in her case and murder in his case. Pete then tells um, them what the drones are indeed. Tech Howard Mysterio was faking everything and he was in control of the drones. Everything he'd done was fake. Nick Fury was there and... The DODC guy says, nope, Fury has been off-world for over a year, so you're a liar. MG and Ned are arrested next. MG acts all cool and cocky until Agent Clary, played by Adrian Maid, I think that's his name, tells her about her record, her criminal record, and then she's in the shit. Next, uh, he plays Ned like a fucking fiddle. As Ned says, he is Peter's psychic, and did he helped uh, Peter take down Vulture and help Peter take down Mysterio? And blah 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 blah. Shut the fuck up already. That's all I can say about these kids. Shut the fuck up. Oh, by the way, can the FBI uh, grow sixteen-year-old kids without a parent or a guardian or a lawyer present? I think fucking not. Next, Stark Industries is being seized of everything and closed down. Happy is next, as news reports that he may have stolen equipment, unknown numbers of equipment, and an unknown price. Days later, Peter's lawyer is Matt Murdock, aka Daredevil, played by Charlie Cox. Now, does this mean that all of Netflix's TV shit is now in MCU? Hmm. Anyway, he tells Pete there he is in the clear, there is no actual proof he actually killed Mysterio. Happy is not nuclear, however, he's up in the shit for stealing Sartek. Also, the court of public opinion, he is guilty, and indeed cancelled, you quite love cancel culture, it's going to be an absolute bastard of a time to try and get the public back on his side. With that, a brick comes flying through a window, which Daredevil catches before Spider-Man even reacts to it, so May then just upsticks and moves in with Happy into his swanky-ass high-rise condo, which is ultra-secure with all the stolen Star Trek he's nicked over the years. Complete with Dummy, the robot arm, from Iron Man 1, and he has, like, a fabricator thing in the kitchen, I think it was, or, or the back room, so that's weird. So that night, Peter tries to clean the paint off his suit, but he feels miserably, so he has to turn inside out. Cut to MG and him FaceTiming about trying to get into MIT, and then they'll be lovey-dovey, and I about throw up because this is ridiculous, frankly. Next day, Betty Brandt, played once again by and 
and Jory Rice is reporting on Pete and MJ coming to school for their final year. Yes, folks, he's still 16. There are two camps outside, pro and anti-Spider-Man. Ned tries to tell them he's Peter's best friend. And they're not having it. As up walks the new blonde, cocky uh, Flash Thompson. What the fuck is happening here? Said he's his best friend and pulls out a book. Um, it's been like five days tops. How the fuck do you have a book out that quick? Inside, I'm going to ignore the cringy ass teacher and fucking coach. Everyone has their phones out pointing at Pete. His life is in shambles. His life is over. He's cancelled. So he and MJ go to the roof to be alone. Yeah, that'll work. I mean, who wrote this bit? Ned breaks up the lovey-dovey moment and says they'll be friends forever. Blah, 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 blah. They'll get into MIT. They'll share a dorm. They'll be perfect and bless that next thing. Cut this bit out, frankly. They should room together and this and the next thing and la 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 and, and yeah. So it's Spider-Man and his lame-ass friends then, not his amusing friends. Months later, the college rejection letters come in thick and fast. Peter does not get to MIT or his backup or, or his backup's backup's college. He is fucked. Nor does MG or Ned. It's Halloween, who knew? MG, Pete and Ned are at his jo- sorry, her job and she's a Baker assistant, apparently. They opened the final rejection letter from MIT. They didn't get in. So being a superhero's BFF is no good then. You're basically jiggery-fucked. Wouldn't you know it? The rich boy, Flash, got in, no doubt. Mummy and Daddy backed up the money truck and fucking bought a wing for MIT then. Pete notices a witch Halloween light. So, boom, Dr. Strange he goes. As in the Sanctum Sectorium, Pete goes to find it frozen inside as snow is everywhere. Also, Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, is no longer the one in charge, but Wong, played by Benedict Wong, is. Peter pleads with Doctor Strange for help fixing things. At first he says no, then seconds later, he is fine with it, all because Wong says no. Hello, egotistical much? So down to the underbelly of the building they go, where Strange cast a spell to make everyone in the world forget Peter Parker is Spider-Man. However, Peter being a fucking idiot can't keep his mouth shut as he keeps on making changes to the spell such as Aunt May, MJ, Ned and Happy. This fucks up the spell big time and boom! The multiverse cracks open. Strange tells him because he messed with the spell so much he has become extremely dangerous and he cannot lead two lives. Either be Peter Parker or Spider-Man, not both. The dual life is destroying his multiverse, basically. So Strange tells Pete, just because you didn't get into college doesn't mean you have to change the entire world. Pete then drops. He didn't even try to fight to get into MIT. He just accepted the letter. Strange just snaps at him. And I've got to see here, this is the laziest of lazy writing as an excuse to get a multiverse opened. Why is Doctor Strange so fucking dumb in this? Is it because Wong is in charge? How didn't Aunt May fight to get Peter into any of these rejected colleges or MIT? This is kind of lazy writing. I mean, it's a weak ass excuse to get a multiverse opened. Moving the fuck on. 
Strange throws Peter out on his ass. Justin Flash calls to tell him, well, there are blackmail him, and to tell everybody that he's his best friend and all this crap. And it's like, why do you want to be Spider-Man's best friend if the whole world hates Spider-Man? Um, something about he knows MIT's vice chancellor personally. And she's on a bridge, so blah, 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 blah. Moving on, Pete is now in a suit somehow, because he time to change. He finds the Vice-Chancellor, played by Paula uh, Newstrom, in the back of her black SUV. As out of nowhere comes Doc Ock, played again by Alfred Molina. And she's basically trapped in a car as the car's getting thrown out off the bridge in a small arcade. You gotta see here, I love the de-aging on Alfred Molina. Uh, he looks like just like he did in Spider-Man 2. I mean, during this fight, the newscopters are all over Spidey and indeed Doc Ock. Who, as I said earlier, came out of absolutely fucking nowhere, so the porches open up with the feel like it then. I love how during this fight, Doc Ock pulls off Peter's masks, masks or other with one of his robotic arms, and it sucks up some of the nanobots. So Pete now controls Doc's arms. As Doc Ock knows he is not Spider-Man. I also love how Pete's Sunday best suit is creased to fuck as it is underneath the nanotech Spidey suit. Anyway, I love this fight on a bridge between Spider-Man and Doc Ock. Now, I bet this looked fucking fantastic in IMAX 3D. Just a pity I watched it on a 15 inch TV then. Hmm. The CGI here is okay, I would say. Although Holland's floating head in that suit still looks like shit, frankly. So out of nowhere comes a pumpkin bomb, then in fucking flies Green Goblin slash Norman Osborn, played again by Form Defoe. Strange teleports Pete to a holding cell under the sanctum, where he tells him he had a hell of a time dealing with a giant lizard, Doc Croc, played again by Reese Evans. Doc Ock is in a nearby cell, and here Strange tells him the spell is pulling in everyone who knew Pete is Spider-Man from everywhere in the multiverse. If that's true, uh, then where the fuck is Ram, uh, Sam Raimi's MJ, Aunt May, Hobgoblin, Venom, where is Webb's uh, Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy, or even Aunt May? Where is MCU Vulture and Mysterio then? I mean, hmm, moving the hell right on. He tasked Pete to capture all these Spider-Man supervillains and return them to the cell so he can send them all back, um, closing the multiverse once and for all before it destroys this universe. Strange casts a spell on Peter's nano suit, giving him the power to send them to the holding cells. So it is on! I'm guessing uh, this will be in the video game soon. If not, why not? So Pete asks Strange to get MJ and Ned for help, and here Ned spews out out of fucking nowhere. His nana told him there's magic in the family, and he has magic powers. So get in. Handy that. So down into the Elector-esque cells, uh, Pete shows MJ and Ned uh, Doc Ock and Lizard as they sit there and mock Doc Ock for his ridiculous name. Wait, why is Pete still trying to clean his suit? What about the nano suit? I mean, it's paint, use turps to get it off. I mean, for fuck, a turpentine team rather to get it off for crying out loud. I mean, oh my god. Also, I 
fucking hate the Just For Men joke. I mean, low-hanging fruit much? <laughs> Ned and MJ surf the net to find the other Spidey supervillains. And boom! In a second, they find just like that. Say it with me, folks here. Lazy writing. So Pete turns his suit inside out. And I'm guessing this is to sell a new Spider-Man toy then? Hmm. Doc Ock tells Pete Goblin is Norman Osborn, who died two years ago, his time. So Peter understands these villains are taken from the second they die. So plans to cure them and send them back. Okay, that'll change the multiverse, but moving on. Pete then swings out to a power line. Uh, I thought it was Goblin who was going after it. Nope, it's Electro, played again by Jimmy Fox. Also, here is Sandman, voiced by Thomas Hayden Crush, uh, Church, rather, and he's completely and utterly CGI. By the way, I hate this inside-out Spider-Man suit. He looks like a fucking Teletubby with an exposed... I don't know what that thing is. Is it a tablet on his chest? I mean, what the fuck is that thing? Moving on. Electro appears out of thin air uh, to charge up using the power lines, then attacks Pete. Luckily, Sandman is there to block the electric attack. And, thank God, Electro's dubstep fucking choir is gone. God, that was so fucking... Ugh. Now, I love that Pete gets Spider-Man to literally earth Electro as Pete pulls a plug on the power lines. I mean, Sandman has a dust storm and controls Electro. Now, powerless Electro is down and out. Uh, isn't he a geek? Why the fuck's he buff? Pete explains he's on a different universe. Electro says that's why he can feel the power, and he loves this new power. So Pete teleports Electro uh, after dressing him in a fireman's outfit. Then he teleports Sandman. Electro spots Doc Croc, saying he knows him, and he spews out he should be dead. So Pete has to stay in the woods to fix the power lines he destroyed, no doubt plunging parts of New York into darkness for hours. By morning, um, uh, Norman Osborn argues with his goblin mass and destroys it in a back alley, as you do. Aunt May calls Pete to tell him Norman just walked in to a homeless shelter looking for help. Now, I love Norman's outfit here is a purple hoodie under a green jacket. It's a subtle nod there. He tells them that Oscorp doesn't exist. Also, sometimes he just turns into green goblin and he is a homicidal killer. Just like that. Hmm. Also, Harry doesn't exist in this universe either, so... <laughs> May takes pity on him and tells Pete to help him and help the others. Cut to Triple J spewing out Spider-Man uh, hate. Except now he's in a flashy studio and he's punting drugs. I mean, like I says, uh, this guy's Alex Jones over the back. So May drives Norman and Pete, now in a clean suit. How the fuck that happened? Back to Dr. Shuri's house. Here, a Daily Bugle spy follows them. Uh, why did Pete not just teleport them there? Moving on. Anyway, in the Hannibal cells, Doc Ock tells Goblin he's dead and has been for years his time. Uh, in his timeline, rather. He then spews out the other's... Uh, came from the second Spider-Man killed him in battle. Pete refuses to send him back to their deaths, and he plans on fixing them, sending them back, uh, no doubt, to their deaths. So what's the point of sending them back by fixing it? Oh, yeah, no idea. Moving on. Strange teleports in, sending Osborne 
to a holding cell. And then tells Pete he's trapped his spell in some sort of magical cube thing, which he is holding. Once he has undone the spell, he'll send them all back to their ultimate deaths, basically. Hmm. Pete tells Strange, no, however Strange is cold as fuck here and telling them if they die, they die, who cares? Oh wait, this Strange is wearing the time stone necklace thingy. He isn't this university Strange, okay then, did he kill Strange and take over? Or is this just a fucking production goof? Pete uh, then snatches the magical uh, Rubik's Cube thingy from Strange's hand and runs for it. Strange gives chase, catching Spider-Man with ease and punches Pete out of his body, just like Tilda Swim did to him in Doctor Strange 1. However, the Spidey suit can still have keep the cube from Strange. Moving on, he puts him in a mirrorverse, spinning through the mirrorverse. It's Christmas time, who the fuck knows? Strange messes around with the mirror city trapping Peter until Pete realises this is all just math. He then traps Strange in a mirrorverse and then takes him back the cube along with Doctor Strange's sling ring and just dumps him there. Pete then hands the ring to Ned as MJ tells him the... Uh, tells the others rather and the holding cells that this Pete is not a killer. Pete then tells the traps of her villains his plan to fix them and send them back to their own universities fixed. Hmm. Pete then hands MJ the Rubik's Cube thingy and tells her to press the button if things go awry. Spidey then takes all the villains to Happy's condo to chill as the super smart ones all come up with the cures to their ailments just like that. I mean, handily, Happy stole a MacGuffin, which magically makes anything the script needs. Can we see it with me here? Lazy writing. On TV, it reports New Yorkers are not pleased that S.H.I.E.L.D. plans to make over the Statue of Liberty by adding Captain America's shields. Okay then. Actual spots one of Tony's arc reactor power things and his eyes glow yellow. So it is on. Meanwhile, downstairs, in a removals fan is Doc Croc waiting. Pete uh, and Osborne work on Doc Ock, first by fixing his chip on the back of his neck. Meanwhile, Electrol plans seeds of doubt in Sandman's head not to trust Spidey. He can feel the power from Tony's arc reactor and craves it. Seconds later, Pete has Doc Ock's new chip, which he sticks in the back of his neck, and just like that, Doc Ock is now in control of the AI arms, not the other way around. Pete gets the arms to hand over the nanobots, which they stole, and gives him a huge gold spider logo on his new suit. Happy isn't, well, happy, as May is using his condo to harbour the supervillains, and basically he drives over there to try to stop her. Meanwhile, back in the condo, Osborne is next. I mean, this is what I don't get here. Somehow they realise that he's got this super... Super soldier serum and they have to have this gas stuff and then make it easily and it doesn't work. So, uh, moving on, John, just, just move on. Pete then sticks a power sucking device thingy on Electro, telling him once it's finished he will be 100% human again. He doesn't like that one, Electro, that is, as he loves being Electro and he loves being a powerful god. 
As outside, Triple J pulls a Delabugle van. And why is he harassing Pete again? Mm. Peter Spidey Sense kicks in. Handy that. I mean, it didn't work, work weeks ago, but when you're fed Mysterio, but uh, lazy writing. Outside, Doc Croc escapes the truck and attacks the, combo, the condo as Norman Osborne, rather, Goblin takes over Norman Osborne. So Pete webs his hands. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. May grabs all the shit this lazy writing box made and then runs for it as Goblin spews out evil bile that they don't need to be fixed. They are perfect as they are. It's him that needs to be fixed. It's Spider-Man struggling to make the world bend to his needs, his wants, and indeed his ego. Nutro pulls the power-sucking thingy off his chest and then grabs the arc reactor as Goblin takes on Spider-Man. Nutro takes on Doc Ock. Spider-Man just turns into dust and floats away. Outside, Triple J is catching all this on cameras and loving it. As here, Doc Croc escapes and climbs up the building. Electro turns into pure power and floats off as Spy Sandman turns into... I don't know whether he's a sandstorm and just flies after him. Meanwhile, Spidey takes on Goblin. Now, I love this ball-to-ball fight between Goblin and Spidey. It's a knockdown, drag-out drag free-for-all. As Goblin beats the ever-loving fuck out of Spidey, throwing him through floors, windows and walls with ease. With no choice, Spidey has to run outside where the newscopters are all over him. Doc Croc grabs Spidey out of nowhere and throws him to Goblin, who suplexes him through a half dozen floors, landing right next to Aunt May, who was almost out of the building as she had to take the stairs. She... Uh, sticks Goblin with the liquid, uh, but it doesn't work. The glider comes out of nowhere and takes her out as Goblin just laughs. He then throws a pumpkin bomb at me and explodes, blowing her clean off her feet and it's Spider-Man. May then dies in Peter's arms after giving him the with great power comes great responsibility speech. Now Peter is out for blood. The D... Uh, was it DDOC or how they're called? SWAT team show up and hold Pete at gunpoint as Aunt May bleeds out. Now, I wonder how many people in the cinema cried at this thing. Did you? Happy drives up just as May dies. He is quickly arrested by the D, uh, DODC, or how it's called, and they shoot Pete. Spider-Man just walks off into rain as Triple J is reporting May's death, putting his spin on it like an absolute fucking arsehole. Meanwhile, at Ned's Nana's house, he uses Doctor Strange's sling ring, somehow, to pull Webb's Spider-Man slash Peter Parker, played by Andrew Garfield, into this universe, looking for Peter, as they have no idea where he run off to. Uh, why hasn't MG pressed the button yet? Shit has hit the fan big time. Send these bad guys back immediately. Anyway, Ned pulls in Raimi Spider-Man, uh, played by Tobey Maguire, next. And I'm guessing this is where the crowd went wild. Now, I'm going to ignore the lame joke of Webb's Spider-Man used to get rid of a spider web on the ceiling. Or uh, the fact that MG hits him with bread rolls. Uh, or the fact there's a Spider-Man face-off. I mean, just moving the fuck right on. Ned explains to both Spider-Men that he only used the slang ring in order to find Pete. As he is missing. So, Rami's Spidey asked them to think of Pete's perfect place. 
Rami Spider-Man saying his was the Chrysler building as Web Spider-Man said his was the Empire State building. MJ says, wait, the school! Uh, okay then, I didn't think of looking at the school before using the magic to pull both other Spider-Men into this universe. Also, the school of all the tall buildings in New York, Peter picks a school. Really? I mean... God almighty. So, uh, MJ and Ed are teleported over, and here's where Peter cries on her shoulder, and then jumps up to take on Raimi and Webb's Spider-Man. Pete is full of rage, telling them both to shut the fuck up. He's sending them back as he can't deal with it. He has done. Spider-Man is finished. Until both Spider-Men tell Pete who they killed by accident. Raimi's Uncle Ben and Webb's Gwen. Webb, Spidey, telling Peter after Gwen he stopped pulling his punches. He stopped being the friend of the neighborhood Spider-Man and on a killing spree. He was filled with rage and bitter. Bitterness, rather. He doesn't want it for Pete, as he's just a kid. Remy Spider-Man tells him, tells Pete, he killed the guy he thought killed Uncle Ben, uh, but that didn't stop the pain or any duration inside him, as he went on to kill the other villains. Pete is not listening. He wants revenge on Goblin. He then gives him the great power from Great Responsibility speech, and with that, the three Spider-Men put their differences aside and put the heads together to fix the broken cures for the villains in what else the school because you know every school has all this shit need to fix these things i mean mm. as the spider-men get to work ned just wanders around asking the other two stupid questions such as to remy spider-man do you have a best friend which he says yes but he killed him webb sees mg and she is all over Pete, so Remy Spidey said, do you have someone? Garfield says, no. He has no time for Peter Parker stuff. He is Spider-Man 100% of the time. Garfield asks Maguire, does he have anybody? And Maguire says, it's complicated. With that, it's done. It's time for a fight. Uh, what else? Why the new Captain America Statue of Liberty? Maguire fires his much better organic webbing as the other two look on in amazement. Triple J tells New York Spider-Man has called in to tell him where the fight will be. So it is on! With the cures put in their place, the Spider-Men bond with Garfield fixing Maguire's back. Nice little inside joke there. And Holland telling them he is part of a team. He is an Avenger. They must team up to take down the villains. Not before mocking Maguire for his webbing. Or Gaffer being all touchy-feely and lovey-dovey. So, Q McGuire calling Garfield amazing and my eyes just roll. It's showtime! Electro, in his shiny new suit, is first to attack. So Garfield takes him on with a few quips. Next, Doc Croc attacks. However, Garfield is busy dealing with the overpowered Electro. So McGuire takes him on. Next, Spidey, that is MCU Spidey, takes on Sandman. As all three Spider-Men get their asses kicked because they need to work as part of a team, not as individuals. Literal hits a crane onto Maguire as it hits Stockrock also, which they're fighting underneath the crane. And Sandman 
I have no idea what the hell's happening here. Something to do with Sandman is attacking Spider-Man. This pisses off Sandman because the crane goes right through him and it almost pins... Oh, I have no idea what's happening here. It pins Doc Croc, so... Mm. Spidey pulls other two... The MCU Spider, that is. Pulls other two aside to tell them to work as a team. Pick one bad guy at a time and take them down. He then names himself Peter 1. Garfield is Peter 3. And Maguire is Peter 2. All three spin into action. And... Freeze frame, post a shot as all three land on Lady Liberty's head, or the crown rather. Pete 2 takes on Sandman, Pete 1 takes on Electro, and Pete 3 takes on Doc Croc. They fumble Sandman's cure, so Pete 2 lowers Sandman inside Lady Liberty's head, where he almost drowns in sand. Pete 1 throws Sandman's cure to Pete 2, last minute, as it spins and shades of light, and boom, Sandman is then human again. Next is the Power Mad Electro. However, he's too strong for the Spider-Man. They need to take away the Stark Reactor. He's too cocky and too powerful, so he shocks the Spider-Man with ease. Meanwhile, Doc Croc hears MJ and Ned trying to close the portal. They've got the Spider-Man to the, uh, to the statue, rather, and they fail miserably, so they need to run for it and fight off Doc Croc. Just as Pete 2 was about to stick Electro with the power-sucking device, Doc Ock shows up, pins both the other Spider-Men down, and surprise, he turns on Electro, sticking him with the power-sucking device, turning him human. Three down, two to go. Speaking of which, Ned opens a portal to water as he tries to drown Doc Croc. Uh, he's a crocodile, you fucking idiot. Spidey 1 takes him down as MG throws uh, the gas bottle at him and Doc Croc bites it down and boom, he's human. Four down, one to go. Ned opens another portal and out walks Doctor Strange who quickly takes his round back and the mystical cube. MG screams as, at him rather, Spider-Man's plan is working. He's changing them all back to being human. Electro takes on Spider-Man 3 and the two of them have a heart-to-heart. -heart. I thought she was saying he thought he'd be black. Yeah, not yet, mate, not yet. Strange asks Ned, how the fuck did you open a portal with no training? And I'm going to sit here, lazy-ass fucking writing that sound. Because didn't it take Strange months to learn how to use a sling ring? But Ned does it in fucking five seconds. Strange then yells at Pete for leaving him in a Grand Canyon for 12 hours. So Spidey 2 and 3... Ask him why the fuck he didn't help. He couldn't, because Strange is powerless without his ring, so, hmm. Anyway, MCU Spider-Man introduced Spider-Man 2 and 3 to Strange, and he's having none of it. He demands his animal back now. So with that, Goblin attacks, steals the box from Doc... Uh, steals the box, rather, from Doctor Strange, as Doc Ock pulls the glider out of the sky. With one spin, Goblin is now free. Strange grabs a box, but it has a pumpkin bob on it, and it blows up, opening the multiverse portal over New York after destroying Captain America's shield. MJ falls, Pete 1 tries to save her, but he fails, so Pete 3 saves her, making up for Gwen's death. Strange struggles to contain the magic, um, as the portals open up all over the place. Ned falls next, but the cloak saves him. Doc 
Ock then saves the others as uh, the fucking scaffolding around such object is falling down. Uh, Strange is still struggling to close all the portals. Spidey takes on Goblin, first by blowing the, uh, the MCU spider that is, first by blowing the glider out of the sky, by throwing a bomb at him, and then on a fist fight on the downed Captain America shield. It's a little beat down, dragged out, smack down, free for all. And where the hell are the other two Spider-Men? Hmm. MCU Spidey has Goblin beaten to a pulp. He then lifts up the glider and goes to stick him with the swords on the glider. But here, Maguire saves in last second. And here I noticed just how short Tom Holland is. Maguire's on his knees, yet he is Holland's height. The fuck? Anyway, Spidey 2 tries to talk Spidey 1 out of killing Goblin. This gives Goblin the chance to run Spidey 2 through with a sword. As Goblin then mocks MCU Spider-Man. So up uh, runs Spider-Man 3 with the cure. Spider-Man 2 uh, throws to Spider-Man 1. Uh, who sticks it with Goblin and turns him back to be a human. The two then help Maguire up and he is hurt real bad. Strange is really struggling to try to seal the portals this time as MCU, so as Spider-Man villains try to break through into the MCU. Uh, Spider-Man 1 tells Strange to cast, uh, sorry, MCU Spider-Man tells Strange to cast a spell to make everyone forget about Peter Parker. He does so, giving MCU Spider-Man time to say goodbye to the Spider-Men and the MG and Ned. MG and MCU Spider-Man share a final kiss, then the spell is cast, everyone is sent home, everyone forgets who Peter Parker is as the portals are finally closed. Weeks later, Triple J is still Spidey bashing. It's Christmas! Who knew? Pete goes to MJ's work, but she doesn't know who the fuck he is. She is now with Ned. Say what now? Defeated and deflated, Pete turns to his shithole flat, all alone, with no one, Pete is now just an empty shell. And god, this is fucking sad. Maybe they should have written it better, that maybe Pete jumped, or Spider-Man rather, jumped off the such limity, breaking the spell. Next to this sad, desperate ending. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Anyway, Pete visits Aunt May's grave. Happy walks over to ask him how the hell he knows her. Pete says through Spider-Man... Now, why didn't Strange cast the spell so everyone forgets Pete is Spider-Man instead of forgetting who Peter Parker was? Lazy ass bloody writing, that's why. So he's now a 16-year-old all alone with no background, no parents, no money and no job. How the fuck's he going to survive New York? Charge people for fucking Spider-Man rescues? Hmm, never mind that. He listens on a radio as he springs into action in a new shiny homemade suit with no gadgets, bells or whistles, just a suit. As credits roll onto a mid-credit scene of Eddie Brock slash Venom, played by Tom Holland, eh, Tom Hardy, in a bar, being told of the MCU Avengers. He's then pulled back into the SSU, the Sony Cinematic Universe. God help us. However, he leaves a little drop of venom behind. Credits continue onto a trailer for Doctor Strange 2, which is utter shit, by the way. So, that was Spider-Man No Way Home. Not gonna lie here, it's Holland's best go as Spider-Man. 
Now, I feel um, this has one or two lazy writing pieces because it's just bad writing, but not as much as the other two movies. I like Garfield and Maguire in this as elder statesman Spider-Man. The villains are great too. I love Defoe in this. He is such an evil bastard in this. I just don't like the fact that Doctor Strange is an idiot in this. Also, just how did Ned use the rings so easily? Is he the next Sorcerer Supreme? Hmm. This overall is a good time with good CGI, good fight scenes, and, I don't know, smart writing here and there. But some laziness, I mean, I don't know, 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10, meh. Now to rank the Spider-Men. Hmm. I like Maguire's Peter Parker, but Garfield's Spider-Man is better. Holland, however, is nothing but a flashy suit. And as for the Camp TV Spider-Man, he should be left in the 70s. I mean, like I say, Holland is nothing but that flashy-ass fucking Stark suit. He is nothing without that suit, so it's going to be interesting to figure out if they're going to make him uh, more Spider-Man movies in MCU. So, hmm. Anyway, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Next week, I kick off Astro Plane August, which is my look at the Poltergeist movies. September is Super Spy Month, as I look at James Bond movies. October is Occult movies. November is All Things Freddy. And December is Disney movies. Now, go and check out one of my other hundreds of podcasts and a bye.